welcome to episode 39 of Game Dev with a Shot of Jameson. My name is Jameson Doral, and I'm a game designer with 20 years of experience that likes to help people learn more about video game development. Today I'm joined by Chris Kokinos. He's the audio lead at Rooster Teeth. We discuss why volunteering is a great way to network, why being willing to move for your work is important in video games, what it feels like to have your name on the back of a game box, and lots of other random musings. We had a good time. Don't forget you can join the conversation live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern over at twitch.tv forward slash Jameson Doral. There's a link in the show notes if you want to come get your questions answered live next time. But for now, let's get this episode started. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Look at this. Cheers. Look at that. Ching, ching. What are you drinking? This is an uh, Asahi. It's a tasty little beer. Nice. Japanese dry. I think it's like a lager. It's, it's basically like Japan's version of Bud Weiser Bud. Lager. Nice. <laughs> That's it's cool. Bad. It's not a bad one. Purple lighting is the it. best lighting. We got we got light I, fighting going on here. Oh yeah. Well, should I match you? Should no. No. You do you, man. Right. This is this is my vibe. Like I love this color so much. So this it's is what I roll with. That's what I roll it's with. It's a good vibe. It looks good. It's like, it's, I don't know, it makes everything in your room pop. I love your backdrop, too. I'm like, I'm, I'm struggling back here. I, <laughs> I used to have a decent backdrop for a little while there where I had two giant JBL speakers. Like, nice. Big behind me. <laughs> did you change your room around? Is that what you did? Yeah, well, I have this giant honking desk over here. It's about eight feet in width uh, or in length. Uh-huh. And it's about a few feet back. But, um the door it basically went from the wall to the door i don't have this isn't a very big room oh and so i rotated it so then i can kind of change things i think about changing it back oh all right I might just do it yeah i literally set this room up i moved into this house knowing what my stream setup would be like and so i was able to just like all right i'm gonna do this and the back here i've got it's an ikea wraparound bookshelf i put together in the corner knowing i would get this angle so like it's a, a lot of work, man. That's rad. Yeah, I got some friends who have that that wrap around. I love how that thing looks too, because it just it hits the corners perfectly, and it's, it's just a real nice. display case. Yeah, it's real nice. And then yeah. installing the LED lighting was the fun part. I had to do that manually <laughs> with those strips. <laughs> oh, did you get like the IKEA strips? Yeah, uh, no, it's the uh, the the Hue the Philips Hue ones. Oh, I know. I got mine right over here, just chilling, waiting. Nice. For Waiting for the time where I can actually use it for something. Yeah. Tried pulling it out. I don't want to break anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got. That's that's one of my favorite things about my setup in here. Um, so for for those of you that don't know, I I did stream for quite a while. I'm I'm on a bit of a break right now, but I'm coming back. I'm making it happen. Nice. But my one of my favorite things is my whole lighting setup is basically all set to my hue, so I can jump you know, to whatever setups I want mm -hmm. for whatever colors I'm going for, for that day. See, that's, I need to do, I've got that ability as well. I just don't use it. Like I've got, you know, so many options in here, but I'm like, I just want to have, uh, my, my, my color for when I stream. But like I mentioned to you, it's all about the anxiety. It's like, I can press one button and it one does button. what I need it to do. <laughs> I have too many buttons. This is one of my favorite buttons to push right here. That oh, one. nice. <laughs> yeah. Party mode. So when when we want to start dancing later, you know, we get too excited. We can, uh, There's no such thing as too excited. 
I'm just saying. Uh, Jameson, you haven't partied with me. There's something such as too excited. <laughs> we'll get there. Well, hopefully we can fix that next time you're here since we're getting back to some normalcy around here. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for some fire pit hangs. Yes. Next Hall of Fame, man. We need that to happen pronto. I will be there. Man, I miss that. That was the thing I missed most, I think, of of the, the during the, the pandemic uh, is just that. That whole experience, yeah. you know, and just like, because yeah. everything you get out of it, you know, the, the, the mentorship and the, you know, the connection with people, it's just like so much of it is, uh, that's, it's an, it's a real example of something that was really deep and meaningful that was just ripped away for, for quite a while, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I came down for last year's Hall of Fame. It basically popped off right before we shut the whole yep. world down. Yep. And it was such a great real fun experience um i got to meet some really wonderful people then and it, definitely a life-changing experience like i couldn't think of a better way to have gone out and you know full cell does it right i think they do their their whole thing right because like you said the mentorships the opportunity to go do panels and speak to students and just talk with everyone like it's been great yeah i met Jessifer in chat oh nice um, during that there's definitely you know it's been one of those things that was like it's like an experience that we'll stay with you for a lifetime kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Um, and like, yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I can't wait to go back. I was sad that, you know, it's not going to happen this year. I think they're supposed to be doing maybe one online, but I don't even know. Maybe. Yeah. I have no idea. They're doing the sessions. There's like a couple more of them this year. Uh, mm. and then next year will be another like full on let's get together and burn the town down. You know, oh, Paint, paint the town red that's right so to speak. i'm ready for it i uh i'll definitely have to be there for that one because i feel like everyone's going to get out a lot of uh a year an, a year extra of yeah partying it's either going to be pop off the biggest one we've ever had or the smallest one depending on what kind of the the mentality of the world is i think it's going to be a big one i think there's going to be a lot of people I, I think it's gonna be big too i think i think the last one was actually maybe the smallest one because a lot of attendees backed out yep yeah, yeah. Like yep. they, they they backed out like the day the few days before it started. And I remember getting like pulled into a couple of conversations. I think I had to do a couple extra things while I was there, which was super exciting. <laughs> oh <But> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I did uh oh I hung out with um uh who was in it? It was Fela Davis. Oh, I forget, but we ended up doing like a podcasting Oh, nice stream, which I'm not a podcaster. Yeah, but you know uh, enough about audio. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Fair enough. It was cool, though. It some of those cool. are a little bit of a stretch, but it's like, you know, the truth <laughs> is, there, I've been to some of them where the conversation was nothing like what, what the title was or what it was supposed to be. Yeah. It was just, hey, yeah. what do we want to talk about today? We've got people up here that have a lot of knowledge. Let's start picking some brains. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, I... I applaud them for getting the matches right. I think that that was neat. I never once felt like I was super out of my depths. I think mm -hmm. you're right. Like I felt just enough like where I was, I was on the outside of the ring, the circle. I was like right there. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I work at a company that does a bunch of podcasting and I have done enough streaming and similar type things. And I'm, I guess I have been on a podcast in the past couple of years, which is kind of neat. It's what's well, sort of, it's a D and D show much like, every other person who's making a D and D show out there. Right. <laughs> um, but we have, we have one that's out. It's called the, the grim campaign. It's been pretty neat. Oh, uh, nice to, to be a part of. Yeah. We, we, uh, have been filming from home, but it's effectively, it takes place in the Ruby universe, which is really cool. Nice. Um, 
and yeah, it's it's been neat to see my character realized. And then <clears throat> we have we have a really great community. Lots of like awesome people out there just kind of making fan art, listening in, you know, weekly. Uh, and it's all visual podcasts. So there's like, um, you know, we have a there's a game called um, Tailspire. Mm -hmm. That's effectively like a 3D map that allows you to like put your characters in the game. Like you build the world and you you put them in there, and then you can kind yeah. of play. Yeah. Um, play it out as if you were on like a you know like one of those whiteboards if you played D and D at home on it or what have you. Nice. It's super rad. You know, also you're technically on a podcast right now, so there's oh. that too. What? <laughs> That's magical. Jameson, has anyone ever told you you have a really, really awesome podcast voice? Do I really? No, no one's. Yeah. I don't think anybody's told me that. You got like a, you've got like a bit of an accent, like yeah. a twang, mm -hmm. which I really appreciate. Where are you from? Kentucky originally. Nice. I've spent most of my life get, like trying to get rid of it. Ten years in California helped a lot, but there's still. And the more I drink, the more you hear too. So. <laughs> I honestly, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, you kind of like you lose the limit or you lose yeah. the ability to kind of like pull it back. Honestly, I, I don't know why people try to get rid of their accents. Like, I think accents are what make us unique, right? Yeah. In, in their own way. Like, I say words weird and differently. Uh, Jam, excuse me, Jam Chan in the uh, in chat's my, my significant other. Oh. She says certain words kind of weird and differently. I think everyone has, like, she says dragon which I think is adorable as hell when she's talking about dragons. Interesting. I say, I say a boot when I'm talking about about, but I'm not Canadian. Um, huh. So go figure. Yeah, uh, we've so all I, got yeah, those I, things, right? Yeah, I like I like your I like your accent. That's there. It's it's subtle, <laughs> but it's a, it's adorable. It's the, wonderful. I appreciate that. The one that I fight the most is where I'm from. You don't say washcloth. You say washcloth. Warsh, yeah. and I and I have I fight that one daily, <laughs> and fail most of the time. When you're talking about, um, okay, so when you're talking about the liquid that's out in the ocean, but also you can put it in a cup. What? How, what do you say? How do you say that word? The ocean. Yeah, like what? What is that liquid called? Water. Okay. What about um, water? What about? Yeah, I, are there people who will do the wada or the water? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's water. For some yeah. reason, it's, it's fine. W oh yeah, water. I've heard water. water as well. I think that's like a <laughs> north northeastern thing, maybe. Mm. Uh, and then what about um, what about uh, the big old? Well, hold on. It's all. It's a big old underwater creature, but it also can be a reservoir for water. Underwater uh, creature. Okay, sorry. Let me, let me. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to put this. How do you say the word "well"? Well, yeah. You say "well." Yeah, it's a well. I know. I know a lot of people are like, "Yeah, that's the uh, the a whale." A whale. A whale. A whale. <laughs> oh yeah, and then add an add an H there. Oh wow. Yeah. Whale. Cool whip. Whale. <laughs> oh man uh so one that uh my wife and i constantly talk about is the word tour like if you're going on a tour and her she says oh, yeah. tour and i say tour mm -hmm. and she's like but you say you pronounce it poor when you're pouring something i'm like you're right and it is a change of letter so i probably should say tour 
but for me, it's tour. I don't know. I used to say tour, and then I kept getting corrected because I worked in live music. Yeah. And people would be like, no, it's tour. Okay, so it is supposed to be tour. I'm going to tell yeah. her. <laughs> She's okay. going to come in here and scowl at me in a minute. She probably heard me. The English language as a whole is kind of messed up, right? Like, you think oh. about it, like, how we say things. Like, the fact that we say well uh, or what is it? There's, like, there and your has, like, just uh, why? Why can't we just have different words <laughs> that we could use for those types of things? Yeah. If, if you ever watch uh, Adam Ruins Everything, he has a great one about grammar. And it goes over, like... Oh, cool how how that's happened and you know essentially the the crux of it is that our language is constantly evolving right so the way we say things and and that it doesn't really matter like we say things are proper or not but it doesn't really matter if you're getting the point across and that's kind of the way yeah. it's actually gone throughout time but it was interesting watch for sure i love that stuff yeah, i'm kind of i did i actually i happened upon adam ruins everything with uh, i think it was like the like a sex episode or something like that. I didn't know what it was. It really confused me. Um, <laughs> I could see that. So, so I have a thought though. Like if we were to try and change a word, if we were just to say like from now on you pronounce basket as, you know, biscuit or whatever, I wonder if enough people would pick up on that. Or maybe not not using another word, but making up like basket. <laughs> basket. Like, oh, talking about you're talking about the basket. I don't know why I made it more English. Now it's like Downton Abbey or something. But it is what it is. You know, the, these days you could just start saying something and enough people pick it up and it just becomes a thing. That's that's the way the culture works oh, yeah. these days. Well, I've been doing a lot of deep diving, and I won't get too heavy into the topic, but a little bit of deep diving on kind of some of the big things that have popped off on TikTok recently, right? Like the idea of like where some of the big memes like when people say sheesh and all that other stuff mm -hmm. right? and you know talking about yeet and all the other words that have come up over the past like five to ten years yeah and it's curious because it's like it it hits so it hits media like that and then it lights up by wildfire but no one ever thinks to go back to where it came from and if you look at like like sheesh it's like super curious to kind of dive into the fact that it was like uh, ice in the veins and it was kind of developed from black culture and like all this other stuff it's it's just wild huh. how how social media platforms in a way kind of pick things up and just go man go and yeah that becomes that becomes the thing forever and then historians <laughs> one day in the future will look back and be like ah oh, yes yeet the origination of yeet was and go down like a whole thing there oh it's man curious. that's it is fascinating it really is yeah for sure all right, I got a third shot that just came in. I'm gonna get this happening before uh, before we get into the the real informations. Cheers, everybody. Yeah. Cheers, Yemis. Scottish accent. Yeah, Scottish accent's good. My my grandparents are Scottish. I think uh, I think it's it's funny. I have a hard time talking to them on the phone because it's, the accent's so thick. But I love them very much. It's <laughs> a beautiful accent. It is. I I like it. But yeah, it would be tough to have a conversation over the phone with, for sure. Yeah, I've gotten good at asking them to repeat themselves. Oh, look at that thing bouncing. That's adorable. <laughs> Got to have some kind of fun with the emotes, right? That's good. I yeah, I've been I've been out of the game for squish. I've been out of the game for five months now, but I'm planning to come back. Actually, 
I haven't really announced it yet, but July is what I'm looking at. I'm gonna nice. go back and start doing some some sound design streams and some other stuff there. I've finally figured it out, and technology is where it needs to be for me to do that stuff. And uh, actually, Damon Stark, I don't know if she's still in, ch- in chat, but she uh, big uh, big reason why I decided that I'm like, hey, you know what? This is definitely something I want to do. She nice. She does a lot of like Transformers type sound design streams. So. Oh, nice. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, man. It'd be good to see you coming back. <laughs> yeah, I miss it. I miss it greatly. That's the key, right? Like a lot of people, they get to a point, probably around the point where you were, where it's either like, I'm done. That was not fun for me. And it was a lot of work. Or like you're talking about, let's go, you know, and that, I think that's kind of where that that moment comes. I have a lot of people reach out and be like, this is not for me. I'm like, it's not. It's not for everybody. And it took finding the right way to do it for me. And like, because this, I love this so much, like just yeah. having conversations, chilling, teaching people things like this is I can do this all day long. But trying yeah, to be man. competitive at a game like because I'm not I'm not a good player of games I'm, i would argue i'm a decent maker of them but playing them not so much especially competitively so that's not a not something that that energizes me <laughs> yeah i get that man i think that you have to find the thing that if, you, if it's not energizing to you i think that's the key right it's like it's like an extrovert being stuck indoors for a year like if it's not energizing to you then maybe you need to find some other ways to do things yeah um but I, I get that. I think the thing that got me is that I was I've been streaming for years, three, four years. Every Tuesday I was pretty much on, except for maybe like occasional holiday weeks or whatever. But um but it got to a point where like I'm I mean, I hit a pretty nasty, massive, depressive state of mm. mind for a while there. Cause I mean, I'm surprised that more more people aren't talking about it, but maybe yeah. I'm just not looking in the right places. But you know, this past year was really rough on me, old mental state. Yeah. And so January I started I started having these weird headaches and getting like my neck was really tight and I vision blurry and my words were not coming out right they're not coming out right now but it's fine it's, <laughs> it's now so there's some crazy. libations involved like now that yeah now that I have a beer it's, it's fine that's right uh, but um but yeah I think you're absolutely right like there's this this idea that like it's either it is for you or it's not for you. Right. You know, a lot of people were giving the streaming thing a try because it was their only way to play games and maybe be able to hang out with other people and stuff. And, you know, kudos to everyone who gave it a whirl. And hopefully some of those people stick around, but also like hopefully some of those people find other cool things to do so that they're not just streaming because they feel this weird, like, I don't know, need to do it because they started doing it. Like, so the thing I've learned in the past year is if you pick up something and you're not digging it or it's not working for you, just let it go. Yeah. Move on. Life's too short for that. I definitely agree. That's honestly a reason I don't finish a lot of games. I get to the point where I'm like, I've, I feel like I've gotten what I want to out of this. <laughs> now it's a slog, right? And even if I'm interested in the story and things like that, sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I'm more excited right now to try this other thing. So I'm going to go do that now. And then I never get back to that other game. And I think that's okay. I, let me tell you a story about the first game I ever streamed. It's a little, it's a little game called The Witcher 3. Oh, no. Um, I put it on the hardest difficulty because I'm a masochist and I like playing hard games. Uh, and I did not finish. And then two and a half years, three years later, I picked it up again. I started playing it. And then I did not finish. And that's just the circle of me and open world games. So I yeah. get that, dude. Yeah. 
So it's funny you bring up Witcher 3 because I've picked that game up three times and (laughs) got about two hours in. Yeah, that's why I called Witcher Three. Right. Third time wasn't the charm, though. No, I, I've I've got like six hours in it, or through three plays. I don't know why it doesn't like grab me the way I think it should. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think I I think that if The Witcher isn't grabbing you, then you if you want to play a game like that, looking for other like, did you pick up Spider Man? Oh like, yeah. <laughs> and you, I assuming you enjoy that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that like. It's funny because people were like, well, then maybe open world games aren't for you. And it's like, well, no, maybe just The Witcher isn't for you. Yeah. Like Skyrim was also kind of like that for me. Like I played a lot of Skyrim, but if you ask me how many times I've beaten it in the last, it's been out for 10 years. Uh, in the last 10 years, the answer is um, zero. Yeah. Zero times. <laughs> Doesn't mean you so, haven't enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, 100. I mean, I've definitely enjoyed it. And all of the the bountiful fruit that the mod community has to offer for skyrim <laughs> yeah you know carson has a good uh good comment about you know watching the series an anime series and and finishing them because you feel the need to man i i finally got past that eventually yep. i'm like if if i get three or four episodes into something and i'm not feeling it i i stopped which ironically happened to me with the witcher tv series too oh curious. I, I got about three or four episodes in and i realized i wasn't digging it and so i stopped Dang. I need to go back to that one, though. You know, I think the Witcher show, I mean, outside of Henry Cavill just being a hunk and also, like, just seemingly like a really good dude outside of the show. Yeah. I feel like it's just good, like, garbage for the uh, the old brain. Yeah. It's it's kind of just, like, fun, silly lore. Oh, I say silly. Fun, like pseudo medieval lore it's got a bounty hunter in it with a sword and it's got a bunch of really cool monsters and stuff in it like i how far did you get on the show i think like like third or fourth episode okay well so maybe a little further like where i got to was the the girl with the disabilities kind of came into her own was around the point that i that i got to Uh, Okay. So yeah, it was becomes a it was starting to get interesting, but for some reason, I don't know. I think it's when I need to start over, to be honest, because I, I realized actually just over the last few months that I'm way too distracted when consuming content with my phone mm-hmm. and with my ADD. So I've gotten to the point recently where I've found ways to, to really focus on content. I'm putting my phone away or I'll pause when I need to look at it, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm finding that I'm... And my first big test was Mass Effect, which I'm replaying now with the the new edition. Cool. And I am all in. I know everything that's going on. Like it's 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 been a much better experience. So I feel like I need to, and I'm doing that with television shows now too. And I feel like I need to maybe go back to that one and adopt that mentality for it. Yeah, dude. I think it's so funny you say that. Like, I too have the ADDs. And it's actually really, 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 really bad. And it's gotten much worse, I think, since we've been working from home because I literally have all the things that keep me, like, <laughs> mentally stimulated. Like, yeah. Within arm's reach. I mean, my Switch is here. My PlayStation 5 is over there. My computer's here. My Mac's there. And so, uh, funny enough, you, you mentioned this. My little brother, I he was he was house-sitting once for us a while ago, and I have some cameras in the house for when, when he's not here or whatever, when no one was home. And, you know, one day I see something happen, and I check. I'm like, oh, what's going on? And it's my little brother. He's sitting on the couch, and he's got the TV on, 
He's listening to music and he's on his phone. And I'm like, how are you doing all of these things? <laughs> I don't get that. But yep. like even my, my brain couldn't keep up with that. But but yeah, man, that's kudos to you for being able to, to really figure that out. I, I started watching um Invincible last night. Oh yeah. I've heard good things that about one. that. Yeah, it's uh it I'll I'll say this. Watch the first episode. If okay. you're into that kind of stuff and you like want to watch like the animation's very akin to Boondocks and okay. Batman Beyond. Um it has a great cast. Like a really great cast. An incredible <laughs> cast. Absolutely. Yeah. I just I met I met a new character and I'm in the second episode today. I met a new char- character who's really fun. Um and he's played by Jason Matsukas, who's a fellow Grecian. Yeah. Uh, I love that way. guy. He's love way funnier him. than I am. <laughs> he's way funnier he, than most people, let's be fair. He, well, it's because it's he plays that wild card. He always plays the crazy <laughs> wild card guy, and it's just always so good. Did you watch but The yeah. League? That's where I first saw him, and he was an absolute nutcase in that show. <laughs> no, I saw him in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yep. It's maybe the first time I had seen him. Same guy, so same good. character. Like it's, He's just that guy, that, you know? <laughs> that's him. He was also the same character in uh, The Good Place. Yep, exactly. Derek. <laughs> Derek. Hi, I'm Derek. Derek, ah. Derek, Derek. This is my mom girlfriend, Derek. <laughs> Derek, Derek. Oh, the good uh, place is so good, man. Oh. I 10 out of 10 would recommend. I know we're kind of jumping from show to show here, but would recommend for those of you that want like a good kind of fun show to follow. It's got a great cast, even though not everyone's super well known. Um I think everyone's fairly relatable to some extent. Um and then just Ted Danson does such a great job as well. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, oh. they're all good. Like Kristen, it's Kristen Bell. Yeah. Uh, Chidi, Chidi's, uh, actor. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Oh, I um, never can either. Uh, there's some great, there's, it's always Ted Danson and, and friggin' Kristen Bell that I can remember just cause. Yeah. Friggin well, Darcy Carden who plays Janet is Janet is so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love everybody, everybody in that show. Yeah. Um, oh, I. Funny enough, I looked up uh, Camilla's character. I looked up her actor or actress other, mm-hmm. and her name in the show is Camilla Camille, and her name in IRL is Jamila Jamil. Yep. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. That's and and she's actually really that. funny. Like she's she's fun to watch outside of that show too. Oh man, I gotta watch Big Mouth. That's definitely on the uh, on the radar there. That yeah, is another um, good show. Man, so much yeah. stuff. A lot of good content. I think, if anything, 2020 has definitely been a good year to catch up on content that we haven't really been able to keep, keep like, catch up to. Yeah. Like, there's so much content being made right now and, like, in the past. And we're finally ramping back up and movies are, like, back on set and shows are being filmed and X, Y, and Z. But it's just, like... I needed a, I needed that pause button. Go back and rewatch some things. <laughs> well, the good news is it's always there, right? Like it's not going anywhere. You can go back and is watch it anytime good, you want. Is that good news though? <laughs> it's news. How's that? It's a <laughs> <laughs> If it helps you feel better, it's good news. If it doesn't, <laughs> it's just facts. It's just news. Yeah. It's just regular old news, the, the mediocre kind. That's right. <laughs> Okay, I've, I think I've derailed you for long enough. Dude, uh, it's been great, though. Like, this has been a good conversation. But Mm-mm. we should talk about you because I'm really interested to hear about your story, quite Not frankly. About me. Yeah, man. Oh. 
let's let's talk about let's start with young Chris. You know, young teenager. Wanted to know first of all, where did you grow up, and what did you think you were going to do when you got out of high school? All right, so I got a silly fun story for you. Um, so as a teenager, I um, I grew up in in Pembroke Pines, Florida. It's just north of Miami. Okay. Uh, to kind of put it easily for everyone to understand geographically. Um, I lived there for 18 years of my life. Um, when I was in high school, a full sale representative came to the school asking people what they wanted to be. And I'll never forget this because I look back on it and how embarrassing it is for me to think about young Chris <laughs> saying this. Oh, I boy. I said, I want to grow up to be an animist. And what I meant to say was an animator. But I said animist, and I don't think anyone knew what I meant, and then they told me to sit down. Uh, they told so, you to sit down? Yeah, I think they were polite about it. They're like, oh, that's really nice. Uh, you can go ahead and sit down. Yeah. Anybody else? Next. Literally anyone else here? Really? Anyone? Um, oh, man. But yeah, so so I early ages, I knew I wanted to go to Full Self or something or another, um, funny enough. Um, this is not an ad. That's an actual real thing that happened. I want to have full metal. Full animist. metal animist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's really the, that's the, the best timeline. That's the best outcome. Um, so I, uh, that was kind of where my mind was at, but I actually knew nothing about art. I was not very much of an artist. Um, I just like to draw like doodle and stuff, but it wasn't that good. Uh, but I was a musician. And so I was playing bass in a band, and at some point, excuse me, at some point I was, like, thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll go into recording, uh, being a recording engineer. Well, a uh, little sad dip. My mom passed away right as I, right after I graduated high school. Me oh. and my siblings, we all separated. They went to their dad, and I went to my, my father's house. And it was in my mom's last will and testament that she's like, you know, this is what you can do, all the things, and the car, and the house, so on and so forth. Also, uh, here's money in my will to send Christopher to Full Sail. So I, that's what I did. I followed through with that, and I went to, to Full Sail for uh, recording arts. And my goal was, I'm going to go there, I'm going to learn how to record, so I can record my band, and we're going to be amazing and famous, and everything's going to be great. Nice. Uh, that didn't happen at oh. all. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, the number one rule for anybody that gets into audio engineering is don't do it just because you want to record your own stuff. Don't do that. It's, <laughs> I mean, do it as like a bonus, but don't like go there with the sole intention of being like, ah, oh, yes, I will record and I will be the next Harry Styles or whomever you choose. That's an so interesting choice. <laughs> you know, I just went there. It was like the name was just sitting in my head. I've I couldn't name a song by Harry Styles, but that's just who you're getting today. Um, it was the third month in that I was there that I well, I picked up and I moved to Orlando. Oh, yeah, Watermelon Shot. I know that song. I didn't know that was Harry Styles. <laughs> nice. So I pick up. I moved to Orlando with my best friend and a couple other friends from, from Palm Beach after staying there for about a year. And then um, uh, I went to Full Sail, finally. It was like 2006. 2008 okay right and about three months in i realized oh hey recording bands is not really what i want to be doing but also here's this guy tom tadia who's talking about game audio what is that yeah i didn't know i didn't know games had audio um and so that like grabbed me i was super 
super like all about that life. I did a bunch of reading up on books. I, I studied like like extracurriculars on game audio as a whole. I tried to find every book I could on the on the subject because it wasn't exactly super widespread knowledge. I mean, if you wanted to get into game audio, you needed to download like Wise, the tutorial, and the the AK Cube, the Audio Connect Cube game, and and kind of test your implementation skills with that. It was just like mind blowing me. So I was like ripping sounds off of like Counter Strike and putting it into the game to figure out how it worked and. It was just so cool. Um, and so it was about my 10th or 11th month. So for those of you that don't know, Full sales uh, accelerated courses. So, you you know, for me, I was only had to, only had to be there for a year. But every, every month was a different class. And so for me, I finally get to like month 10 or 11, close to the end, and I'm in my post-production class. And that was when I knew – audio post-production and audio for games was 100,000% the thing I wanted to do. Nice. Like I thought I knew, but I wasn't sure. And then we get, we get the test to do a trailer redesign. We redesigned, um, I guess this is a date myself, Batman, um, is it the dark Knight, the first Batman with Christian Bale? Uh, dark, dark Knight, Knight was Rises. the second one. Dark Knight. What was Maybe it? Origin? Just... I can't remember the, I can't remember the name now, but yeah, it was it was basically the first of the Christian Bale Batman movies. Batman begins. No, begins. Yeah, is it begins? I believe so. Oh my god! No, 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 no. Wait, names, was it? Yeah, it was. It was begins. All Holy the Batman cow. names they all blurred together for me. Like if you said Batman Begins, you're like, hey, which Batman was when Batman Begins? I would have been like Val Kilmer. I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's I put myself on blast. Anyway, so we redesigned that, and it was me and five other um, folks in the class. And sure enough, we won the award for best redesign, which was nice. Really and then I went and to I went and did my first ever uh, trailer redesign for my demo reel, which was the Halo Three, one of the release trailers. And um, to this day, it still lives on Vimeo. I had to upload it a few years later, but um, really. It's it's kind of wild and crazy. Yeah, it's not my best work, but you know, I look back at it and I'm like, hey man, I should revisit this and try to do it how I would do it today. I feel like that could be yeah. a fun test. All right. But yeah, that's kind of my story. I was a I helped raise my brother and sister when I was a kid, and so I didn't really have much of a childhood, and so I'm living that best life now with all my toys and video games and I don't know, being an adult and having a a, a nut button on my counter. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm assuming there's, you know, probably six, seven, eight years of stuff at least in between that and where you are now, right? So, six, seven, eight. Um, or yeah, like fifteen 10, at this point, actually. yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, hold on, Jameson, slow down. God, making me feel old. Fifteen, dude. Um, I graduated twenty years ago, February twenty. Oh. So let's not talk about you. old. All right, fair enough. Seasoned, wow. how's that? You, you know, Grizzled. Seasoned is good. Oh, I like, no, no, seasoned. Let's go back to seasoned. Grizzled, <laughs> you're making me sound like a piece of old, like, burger that someone left on the old no, uh, I'm grizzled. McDonald's cooktop. <laughs> oh, jeez. Jameson, no. Let's go back. You're, se you're seasoned. Seasoned. Like a fine steak. There you go. ribeye. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. All right. Um, yeah, so after, after college, um, I went back, hit the books. I spent a bunch of time at Starbucks, funny enough. Um, it was a Starbucks at the Barnes and Noble down the street from my, my place. And I was working three jobs. I was working as 
a waiter at a sushi place, which I failed horribly at because I had a lot of like weird anxiety issues <laughs> at the time. Mm-hmm. I worked as a data entry person for a therapy clinic, and I did um, live audio for the Plaza, uh, the Plaza Live. Event. Okay. Yeah, my buddy Adam was the TD there, and he was he's one of my best friends in the world, and he's like, hey, you need a job? And I'm like, sure, I need a third job. Let's do it. You know, when someone says a third job, I was waiting for you to be like, you know, and I'd be stripping in the evenings. Okay. Well, uh, fun <laughs> fact, actually, um, my family has a history of that. So really? It's not completely out of the cards. Yeah, both my dad and my mom, so... Um, huh. at separate places that didn't, they, they didn't, that wasn't how they met. Though. I'm not how... sure they probably <laughs> met at a strip club. I don't know. I you don't know. That's not how they met. You just, um, or, yeah, that's or, a fair point. Or... <laughs> that's, a, that's I, no, I, I'm pretty sure they probably did meet at the strip club. They probably weren't stripping at the same place though. I would hope. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it's like a, you know, a flavor for everyone at the single strip club. Who knows? Hey, um, <laughs> but yes, <laughs> So yeah, so I picked up the third. I picked up this third job. I had fun doing that. I learned a bunch about live audio at the time, which was really neat. But um, it was it was then that I was like, I oh, I was also in a band while I was there too, which was really great. But I was like, hey, I've been here. I graduated from Full Sail two years ago. I need to move. I oh, sorry, real carrot, small carrot here. Before I did all that. Right after I graduated from Full Sail, I interned at Disney World, which is really cool. Oh, doing what? I, I in, interned there with Dan Fontaine. I was cutting up. Uh-oh. I was cutting up audio, and I was transferring DAT tapes to digital, which is the most boring thing in the entire world. That uh, yeah, DAT to digital, nice. That was that was the time frame for that. That was literally yeah. it. <laughs> Everyone's like, okay, we have this giant room full of tape garbage. Let's go ahead and make it all digital because we don't need, we don't have room for this garbage anymore. Yeah. And it was cool. Some of the recordings were like legendary old, like jazz performances and orchestral performances. And that was super rad. But at the end of the day, I'm like, not really interested. And then I picked up photography as a hobby and I was super invested in that at the time because my ADD couldn't keep me, keep me down. But anyways, so fast forward, that was super cool. I got to see the underneath of the, the, the castle at Disney world, which is super rad. Um, and then I'm in a band and then fast forward two years, I'm like, Hey guys, I got to leave because Orlando is not right for me. Okay. Tiburon was like the only game, uh, game studio there. And they told me never to email them again because I kept calling <laughs> them and stuff. They're like, Hey, don't, Hey, we'll, we'll get to you. Let our people call you. Don't people. call us. Don't, we'll call you. Don't call yeah. us ever again. <laughs> also, please. So, <laughs> so then that's two years of you knowing what you would like to do and then coming to the realization you're going to have to leave to do it. Right. Yep. Yep. That's like the biggest, the biggest thing that I tell students like today or anyone who wants to get into the industry is that it's not going to come to you. Mm -hmm. Like not to be harsh, but like you have to pick up and make things happen You have to say goodbye to your family. I know there's the comfort of being there. You have to say goodbye to your friends. You have to say goodbye to whatever other things you have in the town that you're currently staying in. If it's like BFE far away from literally anywhere you want to like work in the future. Yeah. And, and I think that we can, we're going to, I'm going to put a carrot on this because we'll talk about this later about pandemic things because I have some thoughts on that. But, but this is what I've historically told students is that you have to just really plan to pick up and, make those moves because it's 
it's not going to come to you. Yeah. So, so yeah, so two years go by, I realize this isn't what I want to do. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to pick up, I'm going to move to Austin or Seattle or LA. Well, I'm a planner. So I made, well, I'm sort of a planner. I can be, I made a whole list cost of living. I looked at all the studios. I did everything, game dev map, everything. And I'm like, well, there are a bunch of studios in all three of these places, more so in LA and Seattle, but uh, Austin's not too bad. It's close to my brother and sister. Uh, it's the cheapest of all three places. And uh, you know what? Yeehaw or whatever. I don't care. Let's figure it out. <laughs> so um, I made this whole pitch deck and I went back to my ha- my parents' house, my dad and my stepmom, and I'm like, hey, we're going to have dinner. Also, here's this whole pitch deck presentation. I've made copies for everyone. Um, <laughs> nice. This is why I have to move to Austin, Texas. And my stepmom's like, no. And I'm like, listen, all right, I have to go. I have to make this happen. So anyways, so I'm not going to sit on this too long. So I pick up. They, 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 they're cool about it. My, my stepmom cries a bunch. So I leave. Um, I go back to Orlando, and I'm like, okay. Boom, back to the books. I'm studying, studying, studying. I get a bunch of the studio phone numbers for Austin, and I cold call one of them. There's a studio up here called Soundcrafter. And I'll never forget this because I've got friends who work there. I call them, and the guy answers the phone. And I'm like, hi, is this Mr. Soundcrafter? And I'm like, okay, well, this is already a failed call because his name is not Soundcrafter. <laughs> um, that was just me being really nervous because I hate being on the phone. Oh, my God. So the guy like laughingly like kind of like he's like I'm sorry we're not accepting interns right now uh you know uh, but good luck on your ventures so on and so forth and that was the end of that so I studied a bunch um I read up on more books on game audio I read the game audio bible uh, or the sound effects bible and a bunch of other actually I have a couple of them down there still funny enough um sorry I'm drinking so now I'm rambling oh no um, you're good man so you're you you're talking about Rick Veer's book right. Yeah, I got Rick Veer's book right okay. over there, and then I've got, I think it's Chris Marks, I think, or Aaron Marks. One of those guys worked at Full Sail, one of them wrote a book. Either way, I read one of their books. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I read a bunch of that stuff, and then I said, you know, that's it, packing it up, driving to Austin. So I made my way to Austin, and I'm going to skip ahead a bunch now. Um my first job here was Waterloo Ice House, which is Austin, Texas's version of Chili's, basically. Okay. It's like a, I guess it's just outside of Austin, too, I believe. But it's basically all American food uh, with a Texas wrapper on it. Um, I worked there. I got a job there at the end of January. I moved in. I moved January 9th, the day after my birthday. I was still hungover when I drove or partially drunk, I guess. Don't, don't do that, people. That's bad advice. Don't do that ever. <laughs> Anyways. Yes, so, ever. So I, I, oh, real quick. Sorry. Hold on. I got a quick side story. You're uh, good, so man. So anyways, I drank a bunch on my birthday because it was a going away slash birthday party, right? Well, as I mentioned earlier, my mom passed away um, years before, and I am the keeper of her urn. Okay. So I get everything packed into my car. I'm getting ready to go. Um and then we party, 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 pass out at like two in the morning. And I have to be up at like five or th- six in the morning to go. So I wake up. I'm still kind of drunk, kind of hungover. I'm in that weird like middle area. I'm in the, the medium place. No one really wants to be there. Um, <laughs> and I grab my cat and I huck her in the car and I boom, drive. And I'm like two hours north. I'm in Tallahassee and my stomach drops. 
I called my dad. I'm like, hey, dad. He's like, what's up, Christopher? How's the drive going? I'm like, it's great, dad, but not really. He's like, what's wrong? And I said, dad, I forgot mom. <laughs> oh, no. And he's like, he's like, what do you mean you forgot mom? And I'm like, I left her at the apartment. And he just started cackling. He thought it was the funniest damn thing he'd ever heard in his life. <laughs> I left my mom's urn at the place that I was staying. Um, so fortunately, my, my buddy was still there. He's still living there. So he, he packaged her up lovingly in a box and sent her, <laughs> sent her up to Austin. But yeah. <laughs> so anyways, so fast forward. So I get to Austin. I'm working here. I'm working at Wally Lai's house. And I'm, I'm trying to basically go out and meet as many people as I possibly can. Um, so I go hang out with the IGDA crew, the International Game Developers Association. If you're into games, you should check them out. They're mm -hmm. probably in your city, um, depending on how big the city you live in is. Um, but uh, I was a part of it in Orlando. Dustin Klingman was like, hey, go meet Walk Tran up there. And I'm like, cool. So I come up, I look for Walk Tran. And he doesn't, he's no longer a part of the thing. But Mr. John Henderson's like, hey, I'm so and so. If you want to volunteer, you can you know, help us out with serving alcohol at events because you have a, the TABC license, the alcohol serving license. In oh, nice. This is a, this is an important part of the story. That's why I'm getting into the nitty gritty. So I go and I do it two or three times. And the third time he's like, Hey, listen, you've been doing this for, for so many of these you get, I'm, I'm going to do you a favor. We're doing a big micro talk event. hundred people are going to be up there. Why don't you go up on stage for a minute, introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are. And then, Get it, get it done in one minute, and you got to get back to the bar. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I get up there, I say my story, I get back to the bar, you know, and I go back and do my thing. And at well, the end real of the quick, event, though, hold on. What was your story? Do you remember, like, what at all what you actually said in a minute? Literally everything I'm telling you right now, but much faster because I wasn't drinking. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, I did a very good. I'm, I'm much more succinct when I'm. That's actually not true. Anyone who's in chat that knows me is going to be like, yeah, he's a liar. Don't listen to him. <laughs> but yeah, I got half of this story done in a minute and then they kicked me off stage. No, um, <laughs> no, I told him, I told him basically all the things that I mentioned. Hey, I'm, I went to full sale. I do audio. I'm in Austin now. I really want to get into games, this, that, and the other. <laughs> a massive liar. Uh, and Right at the uh, the end of it, I'm like, we're packing things up, and and Danny McDowell walks up. She's she's like, hey, do you know how to make? Do you know how to do stuff in Photoshop? And I'm like, uh, yeah. She's like, go download Game Salad and get me a demo after the weekend's over. I'm like, okay, I don't know what this is, but sure. So I download it. Game Salad is a tool that allows you to make. It's like object or object oriented programming. So it's mm -hmm. like a bunch of you do if then statements and. You basically just drag and drop all the different rules you want in. You put real, real easy peasy code. Oh my God. Barley looked like the tallest dog in the world. He's from that massive. Angle. No, he is well, huge. <laughs> I, I mean, I can see that, but he, he looked like he was legs for days. Yeah. <laughs> when he stands up, he's a six foot six. So he's, okay, he's, you know he's a large that's dog. A real thing. Yeah. That's he's a, a big boy. Wow. Aren't you, well, buddy? He's a, a whole foot taller than I am. So <laughs> he's a big that's boy. That's only mildly horrifying but i love that um so anyways so i go home i make a game in game salad i turn it around boom i pop it in i give it to her on monday and they pull me in for an interview later that week and this is about three and a half months after working at um at waterloo uh and they're like hey we have an interview that got canceled today for this role for qa are you interested and i'm like 
yes, I'll be there. Yeah. I call Waterloo <laughs> and Waterloo's like, uh, you can't no, you can't not show up today. I'm like, uh, sorry, I'm I've got herpes. I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> and I left, and I just didn't go. I didn't say herpes, but you know, whatever. That's the story. So we're just gonna go with herpes. I, it's fine. Let's because... just go there. So yeah. No, wait, no, we shouldn't go with that because that's gonna that's gonna. Anyways, I just said I had really bad tummy problems. Let's just say that. Nice. Because I I <laughs> for the record I do not have herpes. <laughs> just want to be clear. Anymore. <laughs> Anyway, so anyway, so I said I got tummy trubs. I'm sorry, I can't be there. Uh, and I went to this interview, and uh, sure enough, I got the job. Mm. So it was a it was a cool first experience. I I'd never really experienced an actual official interview like that. Oh, okay. Um, where it was like you're sitting in a business room or a business <laughs> business room. It's a room business. for business. My, my my brain is already mushy. It's been a damn week. Um, so I'm sitting in a meeting room and, you know, a couple of people come in, a couple of producers come in and they start asking me questions. And then the guy who's head of the QA team comes in and he starts asking me questions. And then C-level execs come in. They start asking me, I'm like, whoa, this is rad. Like I'm a bunch of people here just giving me free snacks and asking me questions. Mm -hmm. like, I should do more interviews. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I get the job after all that. It was really neat. It was um, a really, really awesome first experience. Um, and then... I worked on when I was there. Worked on about twenty mobile titles. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I worked on stuff for Kevin Smith uh, with the Smarcade brand. Worked on stuff for Dead Mouse with Shred Nefland uh, or Nefland, uh, Popular Mechanics, um, some o our own IP, a couple games in internally that we made, and um, and then I was doing game design with them for that because they didn't really have time for a full time audio person. Mm. Um, so I helped out with that. And then I was doing sounds for those those mobile games. Um, after that, I worked... Uh, one of my producers that I worked with was also um, a director slash film producer by night. And they were doing the 48-hour film fest that year. And they're like, hey, do you run Boom? Are you gonna, can you do like live location sound? And I'm like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I borrowed some gear and I went and I did location sound and I met the guy who did the post audio for them, who was a friend of his, uh, Bobby Moen. And he's like, hey, I like you. Do you want to work in sound design for MMOs? And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> so, so you could have just stopped at work. Yeah, then, do then, you want to do sound? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I that is what I want. I want to go to there. So, um so I interview with them. I give them my reel. I basically just redesigned. They sent me like a test effectively and I I redesigned stuff from their game Wizard 101. Uh some of their summons and spells and stuff, which was really really fun. Um because I'd never worked on anything like it. And then uh, I get the interview, and I, you know, surely I get the job, and it was such a cool experience because I feel like that was my first time getting an audio job. Like, yeah, I was doing it for mobile and doing game stuff for mobile, but like, it wasn't until I worked on Wizard and Pirate One Hundred One that I really felt like, holy cow, this is so cool! I'm actually making sound effects for like magic and creatures yeah. and all sorts of stuff. It's always interesting to make something that is truly not 
like there's no real reference for magic, right? Like there's what I mean, other audio yeah. people have done, right? But yep. it's all in you know, it's all it's all imagined, right? Yeah. So that, like there's that's, that's really cool. Dinosaurs. Yeah. Same thing, right? Like dinosaurs are a perfect example of that too. Mm-hmm. Like like you think about the first time you've ever heard a dinosaur outside of like the classic the classic films and the black and white and kind of what they they did way back way back in the day with you know styrofoam like pitched down or you know slowed down or what have you um but it was it wasn't until jurassic park that we'd really like gary rydstrom was like no this is what dinosaurs sound like and then scientists were like but actually it's not yeah. they, and he's like shut up this is <laughs> yeah, what they sound like exactly <laughs> you can't argue with this Here's like they actually made no sounds at all actually <laughs> actually they were just little birds they went <laughs> it's like all right well the vocal cords tell, to, tell us that <laughs> yeah tell that to spielberg <laughs> uh so um so yeah so it was really cool man to, to kind of experience that for the first time um so i stayed there i worked on wizard 101 pirate 101 a couple of um unannounced and unreleased projects and a couple more mobile games and it was after a few years of being there so this is now six years in the industry five years in the industry um I one thing stayed true through this whole time. I was still volunteering and hanging out with the IGDA. I was going back and doing micro talk events. Nice. Actually, funny enough, doing I'm doing one tomorrow night uh, virtually. Oh, nice. Um, Do you have a link for it? Uh, yeah, I'll grab it here in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. For when you can throw um, it in the chat, that'd be good. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's you know, John Henderson has been rolling with it for a very long time, and I I love that man. He's he's a great dude. Um, but um, so I'd been going back and doing a lot of those those events and um i met a gentleman by the name of chad mossholder at one of them and david levy and chad mossholder who is now the audio director for uh id funny enough because i know you had mark on last week um oh look at you i found it (laughs) nice um yeah chad mossholder is over at at id as the audio director there Mm, um mm -hmm. i was friends with him and sure enough i met david levy who is or was historically the composer for red versus blue at rooster teeth um he did frank it's good to see you frank love that man we did some work with him last year too great sound mixer yeah Um, not bad not bad (laughs) yeah not bad at all um but yeah so so I'm talking to to David Levy. Sure enough, we just hit it off wonderfully. And I want to say it's like a year and a half later. He's like, hey, have you ever heard of Rooster Teeth? And I'm like, I know a guy, Brian Riley, who's over there. Um, he, you know, he gave me a test to play Grim, Grim Eclipse and so on and so forth. It looks really cool. He's like, do you want to try and get a job with them? And I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> so... There's a theme here. I haven't said no to any jobs yet. That's that's um, a good theme. I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I give them my reel. I come in for an interview, and I I'm interviewing to be a sound designer for the company, and I get to meet some of the staff, and it was really cool just to be at the studio the, for, for the first time and kind of experience things. And I'm like, so you know, why Rooster Teeth? And I'm like, well, you know. Uh, I got a chance to watch all of Ruby before my interview and, and a bunch of Red versus Blue. I'm like, you guys make some really cool stuff. And uh, can I can I say cuss words? Oh yeah, Jason? yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So I I kid you not, we're in the we're in the 
interview and they're like, why Rooster Teeth? And I'm like, well, honestly, I really like a lot of the things you make and I just want to make cool shit. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, we appreciate your candidness. And so they're like, do you watch any of the con? Have you watched any of the content we made? I'm like, well, yeah, I watched Ruby recently and, and Red versus Blue. Um, this is the first question, actually. I'm getting backwards, but it doesn't matter. And I look up in the top left corner and they have this poster of one of the shows that they did called Panics. And it was basically machinima in the game Fear. Now, if you ask anybody about Rooster Teeth, they're like, oh, yeah, Red versus Blue, this, that, and the other. I mean, hell, even Leslie Brathwaite was like, we're riding down the campus and um, freaking, uh, oh, I forget who I was with at the time. We're, we're just riding through the campus, uh, Deanna, and, and we're on the little, the little buggy, the little mm-hmm. golf cart. And she's like, oh, here's Leslie Brathwaite, you know, 10-time Grammy winner <laughs> Leslie Brathwaite. He's like, oh, right. And he's like, hey, Leslie, look, it's the guys from Rooster Teeth. He's like, yo, I love Red versus Blue. And I'm like, what world is this? <laughs> this is incredible. Um, so, so everybody knows Red versus Blue, but nobody knows about Panics. So in their interview, I'm like, you guys made that? And they, they both look at me and they're like, that's literally the most obscure thing we've ever made. How do you know that? And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I loved that, that show because I loved that game. Um, which Fear is a great game. I recommend playing it for those of you that are a fan of the first person horror genre. It was very, very solid. Yeah, it was a, it was a mindfuck. Yeah, it was an mm-hmm. interesting game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyways, uh, to, to skip ahead, I got the gig. Um, and then three weeks later, the guy who was currently the head of the department's like, deuces, I'm out. Uh, fuck all this shit. Goodbye. I have to leave. Uh, <laughs> and then I was like, cool. Cool, 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 cool. I've never worked in audio post-production at this capacity before. <laughs> I've never mixed a show before, and I've never worked in surround sound before. But everything's going to be fine. That's right. You'll figure it out. So I, I hired on my my first person ever in my life, Alina Lakorchik, and she came in as a heavy swinger. She was like, hey, I'm here to, to you know, fight crime, but in the form of sounds. And we totally dominated the... Uh, Oh, oh, before that, David was like, he was contracting and he was like there occasionally. And right after the guy who quit, like left, he basically like, uh, David's like, don't worry, man, I'll, I'll show you how we do things around here. Everything's gonna be fine. Literally a week later, his, uh, first son was born. So he's like, well, I gotta go. Bye. Oh no. <laughs> so yeah. So I hire Alina. She and I are working through some things, figuring some stuff out. And it was from that point on that I had to learn. I had to learn how to mix on Red versus Blue season fourteen. Um, man, honestly, I could regale you of all the stories that have happened over the past five years of being at RT. But long story short, it's been a whole lot of me just figuring shit out. Yeah, that and that's that's that's, it. that's game development to an extent, right? Like there's there's always oh, hell yeah, dude. If you're not in that situation, you're not getting any better. You're not. You're probably yep. not doing the right things. You're in. But it sounds like yours is at that that top tier of like, oh, I've I've like really got to figure some stuff out and probably pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah, dude. Honestly, like you're you're one hundred percent right. Like game development as a whole is here's a problem. There are five hundred different ways to fix that mm-hmm. problem or make yep. that work. 
go for it, have fun. Yeah. And in my case, like some of those problems are, you know, you, you have like you can figure that stuff out. But like, there's something about there's something about being put in a situation where there's literally no there's no way around it. Like I can't just come up with like an alternative. Like oh, I can't be like oh, here's a here's a patch fix or here's like a I'm a, I'm MacGyvering some weird fix to make this thing work. You know, this is a oh, I have to come up with the I mean it's. I have to come up with a method to make this thing work because otherwise yeah. it's not going to get done. Yeah. Right. So I, I learned how to mix in five one on red versus blue season 14, which, um, which funny enough, the first season of red versus blue and the first season of Ruby that I worked on are not exactly the most, uh, acclaimed critically acclaimed seasons. Well, we're talking season 14 of something, first of all, like that's, yeah, you know, like that's, yeah. uh, it's kind yeah. of hard to, to really stand out when you've got that much content, you know? Well, funny enough, season 13 of RVB and season or volume three of Ruby. Yeah. Were basically like the, the best the opus. <laughs> they were the top, like RVB season 13 was basically as many people refer to it as the end of that entire era okay bernie was no longer uh working on it regularly um like the old crew has basically moved on um and then season 14 was an anthology so we just made a bunch of like one shot uh, story arcs. okay all right so yeah but anyways man like i i i love that kind of like metaphor to or analogy to uh to games like if you're not if you're not trying to figure stuff out then you're never growing. And in this yeah. case, I had to grow like massively fast in about six months. Uh, Cause our first event RTX was shortly thereafter. And it was just like, man, it, it gives me anxiety to think about how that's all worked. But since then, man, it's been great. I, it's a wild roller coaster of emotion and goods and bads and all sorts of things. And I speak candidly about this cause you know, uh, people people glorify working at certain studios or working in certain positions or doing whatever, and you know it's not all sunshine and rainbows. There's a bunch of bad, dumb stuff that happens that could be avoided, and sometimes it has repercussions. And yeah, you know, it's it's not it's not always fun. But well, I mean, I'm like hired. you mentioned before, there's 500 ways to solve all of these problems, right? And and to me, that's my favorite part of game development. Because when you go into it, it's it's a new problem every day that needs a solution. You have your experience that tells you ways you could do it. And even those, like even solutions that have worked in the past, now you have a whole different set of people and skills and scenarios where that solution may not work at all now. So, so yeah. much of it is like, what's the right thing to do right now? Yeah, that's that's nail on the head, dude. Absolutely. It's... Figuring out those solutions, it it kind of has a bit of adrenaline kick to it, right? An adrenaline mm -hmm. kick, which is sometimes, you know, good to have. You get those endorphins going. But at the same time, it's also like, you know, if you have if you have challenges that are all set to level 10, 10 being the most difficult <laughs> every single day, uh, it can definitely really kick your butt, you know? It can really <laughs> knock you down a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm super grateful, you know. Over the past five years, I've hired my entire team. Um, I've even hired above me my producers, 
uh, to an extent, at least one of them. Um, contractors, everything. And it's been a wild and crazy and exciting ride. And all the projects that I've gotten to work on have been pretty cool with some exceptions that we don't talk about. <laughs> uh, but anyone listening might know what show that is. Um, I, I think as a whole, like... This whole year has been a lot of me reflecting on a lot of these things. So I'm like, I've got, I guess I'm just spilling over on all my thoughts. So it may come out as like a bunch of nonsense gibberish. All good, man. It's a great time to do it. Yeah, man. But I think as a, as a whole, like I've learned a lot in my 10 years of working in the industry so far. And I wouldn't trade any of it for the world. Uh, Cause I think that it will, you know, it has, has paved the way for what the future holds in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I think whew, I'm coming to a dead end here on this one. I'm like, my brain is just like crashing on the end. No, man, like... you're good. And it's it's funny because I was actually about to say, I want to change gears for a moment for a couple of things. One, mm-hmm. I just got the fourth shot redeemed, so I'm about to take that. That's going to be fun. <laughs> but also... I thought there was a, a limit of three. No, no, oh well, no, no, no. There's, there's technically a limit of six. There's... <laughs> There's three that are a thousand channel points. There's one that's two thousand and one that's three thousand. And then there's a, a special one that's like ten thousand. Cause I've got this bottle of distiller safe back here. That's the big boy. Uh, so that would be six thousand. Or that would be six shots total. Um but yeah, that that doesn't happen as often. Usually we hit five. And so far tonight we've hit the fourth. But okay. in addition to that, I have a set of questions that I call the dev round. And uh, these are questions I ask all of my guests, and I'm curious to get your responses. And then there's some stuff about your current work that I want to dig into a little bit if we can after that. Sick. Let's do it, man. All right. So, oh, 20,000 for that other shot. Yeah, that one's, that's a big boy. See, I'm over here, like, you were telling, you were telling me all that stuff, and I'm sitting here like, I only have one and a half K. <laughs> that just means you Funny need to watch the show more. That's all that is. I'm going I'm absolutely. Saying. Why? I'll check out the VODs afterwards, man. That uh, conversation. I like Mark Diaz, man. Yeah. It, uh, they're all on YouTube now as well. So good lad. It's a good place to check it out. Yeah. Diaz is a good guy. I like that guy a lot. Good lad. All right. So first question, what is your favorite game of all time and why? And I'm going to take this fourth shot while you, while you tell us. Cheers. Oh man. I've had to, I've had to change this answer over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, this is gonna be this is gonna be a tough one because, well, you know what? No, I'm gonna stick to my guts here. Donkey Kong Country Two: Diddy's Kong Quest. All right. It's funny you ask me this question because I there's an episode of Game Over Drinker coming out tomorrow. Funny enough, with me being very drunk talking about this game <laughs> and why I love it so much. All right, that's um, great. Game yeah. over drinker? Is that what you said? Yeah, game over. It's like a history, drunk history, but for games. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I gotta check this it's out. The, it's gonna be on the Rooster Teeth website. So. Oh, all right. Um, so the reason I love Donkey Kong Country Two so much is the music is probably some of the most iconic composition. It's, it's some of the most wonderfully amazing iconic music for any game ever. I know people will be like, oh, but Zelda, oh, but Mario, and oh, but just get out of here. David Wise is incredible. He did a great job on that soundtrack. I think the platforming in that game, even now, is still so tight and so great and so fun. They really just took the mechanics from Donkey Kong Country 1 and 
flipped them on their head with giving you Dixie Kong, which I thought was incredible. Being able to use your hair to grab things and throw them and helicopter around like super duper rad. Um, and then of course, you know, who doesn't love a good, a good villain, King K. Rool. Like, I can't tell you how hype I was when they added him to Smash, uh, to Smash Bros. Like, he's just a fun, big, stupid, <laughs> lovable crocodile. <laughs> that's that's it, man. Like, that's that's my jam right there. I love that game so much. That's it. That's the first time I've heard that one. I love it. That's great. Yeah, my my close, my second, my runner up, and this is what I was gonna say as a potential as God of War for PlayStation Four, but dude, that game is real good, it's really incredible. good incredible i need to go back and start it over on the ps5 because i bet it looks really good there i just can't wait for uh ragnarok ragnarok yeah Yeah. got moved to next year but that's okay yeah i I mean i can i can wait that means that the devs are going to get some dude normal it never bothers me when a game gets delayed ever i feel the same because i'm like i we know what it's like if we would love to delay every game we work on and if they actually do it, that means it really needs it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's why. And if we don't, then you see what happens, and you get things like Cyberpunk. Yeah. Oh man. A sad, a sad time for all the devs who worked so tirelessly on it just to get it. And still yeah. are apparently. So yeah, I can't believe it. I mean, I can, but I just don't want to. You know. Well, that's a game I bought day one and haven't played. I played for about thirty minutes. Because I'm waiting for it to be better. It's uh, yeah. and I can wait. I'm okay with that though. Like I'm I'm okay waiting until till they've patched it enough that it's okay. So yeah, man. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm the same. I got it as a as a Christmas gift. Yeah. Right before it came out, and sure enough, I haven't played it yet. We'll get there. Yeah. One of these days it'll be great, and <laughs> and I hope that day comes you know, soon. I think for me, it's just gonna take me you know smashing down like four bottles of beer and i'm just gonna dive in and be like yo this game's incredible i'm gonna play it and i'm just gonna enjoy it from then on yeah that's that's the way to do it yeah it's a matter of just like getting back into it and then going from there yeah that's true all right you ready for the next question always ready for the next question when did you first feel like you had made it in game development oh man okay so so for game development, I'm going to give you my two pieces because I have for game development is one piece. And then for as an audio engineer, sound designer, mix engineer, basically just as a professional, as a second piece. Okay. So the first time I ever fully, truly thought that I had made it was I... So Wizard 101 has these little, like, cards you buy. If you ever go to, like, a GameStop or whatever, you'll see these little cards that'll be like, hey, here's the latest expansion. Buy some tokens. They're – I forgot what the, the currency is called. It's been a little while, but I think they're called crowns. Yep, crowns I believe that's right. right. Yep. So you buy these crowns, and then you redeem them in the game, and you can cool, get some cool skins and, like, mounts and all this other cool stuff. I went to GameStop to go buy something. I forget what it was, but I went to go buy – a game for my 3ds or something at the time and sure enough there i am i turn around and i see a card with the expansion of the 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 wizard one expansion that i was working on on a card sitting there like i could i could buy this thing right here right now and i just had the biggest dumbest grin on my face because it was just like i'd never experienced this i'd never seen anything i'd made out in the wild <laughs> um but but 
And this was a thing that I had set as my goal, and I kind of teared up when I told the story at BTS um, a few years ago. Um, so let's see if I can get through it now. Um, but the the piece de resistance, like the top tier best feeling I've had, is I was at Rooster Teeth at the studio one day. I was in the kitchen, and there was this big box just sitting on a table. And I kind of approach the boxes. It's like it's like it's the kitchen table. If anybody puts stuff on there, it's up for grabs or it's something that, you know, we're gonna kind of dole out to everybody. And sure enough, I see it. And in that box is a whole series of of uh the Ruby Volume Four Blu-ray DVD. Nice. And I see it. And I'm like looking at the back of it and I'm just reading the description and I get down to the bottom. And if you look at the bottom and the, the credits of that, you, uh, they actually have my name on the bottom of the, the back of the box of the disc. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I, I saw that and I started just tearing up. I was just like, cause the goal that I had, the thing that I had set for myself was one day I want to, I want to go and buy I want to be able to go to GameStop and just pick up a game there. I want to buy something that I worked on. Yeah. And in this case, I got something that not only did I work on, but my name was actually on the box. It was just. That's insane, dude. I love that. That's it great. Was, it really like my heart just dropped. It just felt so like overwhelmed with feelings. I um, love it. Yeah, man. So that's, those are my, my two big moments there. All right. All right, question three. I've got two more. Total sure. two more. What advice would you give to someone who's looking for their first job in the industry today? Um, all right. Um, this kind of comes in the, the form because I'm, I'm not exactly short on words. This comes in the form of like a small little bit of things that I could, you know, a little list of, of advice I have for you. Step one, I mentioned it earlier, don't be afraid to pick up and sacrifice things to go somewhere else and try mm. things out. I think that we as people get so into our own comfort, like we're so comfortable with the certain lives that we have. Yeah. Even you mentioned earlier, like you like you don't want to have the anxiety of having to change things up for your stream regularly. It's because it's just what makes you feel good and comfortable. And that's not a bad thing. I think that it's a bad thing if you have goals that don't meet that expectation. Like if you're like, Hey, I really want my lights to change, but I don't want to figure out how to do it. That's being too comfortable. Yeah. But if you're like, I want to figure this out, then you're going to figure it out. So getting out of your comfort zone, picking up and moving somewhere else. And you don't necessarily have to have a plan. And I mentioned this earlier, I kind of am a planner, but at the end of the day, like I came out here and I worked at a, a, a restaurant for three and a half, four months while volunteering that wasn't in my plans but i we have this ability as humans to figure out how to survive right we go wherever we're gonna go mm -hmm. and we're like oh i'm hungry well i need food i don't have money i need a job like you you kind of go through these processes because we're evolved enough to be like hey i know how to make an educated decision so getting out of your comfort zone um Number two, and this is kind of an important one, go meet people. Like coming <laughs> to these and hanging out with Jameson and just chilling and just like, oh, yeah, Mark was here the other day or whomever else was here before that. Like like 
just being a part of the conversation and not coming in here with the idea of like, well, Jameson works in games and I could also work in games if I, you know, come here all the time and ask a bunch of these questions. Like, yeah, that's cool. Don't get me wrong. But the way that I've gotten into the industry and kind of moved around is by way of just establishing real friendships Mm -hmm. with people. Yeah. So step one, get out of your comfort zone. Step two, just meet people and meet them with the sole intention of just being friends. David Levy and I, I never talked to him with this idea like, oh yeah, this guy's going to get me work in the future. He and I just became really, really great friends. And then one day he's like, hey dude, I don't know if you know this, but we're hiring. It's like, dude, that's awesome. Let's yeah. go with that. Um, Step three would be, and this is kind of part of step two, so it's like 2.2a. Volunteer for things. Mm-hmm. Go volunteer at events that are relative to your your career. Like that can be somewhat self-serving, right? Hi, I'm I'm volunteering because I want to meet people, but at the same time, volunteering is you're literally doing it for free. Mm-hmm. I am going to an event to serve beer to people in this industry because I want to meet people in this industry. That's the self-serving for me, but I'm volunteering my time. I'm serving alcohol here when I could be doing it at a restaurant for money. Mm -hmm. So go out and do things like that. And, and, you know, it'll pay off in dividends and don't expect it to. I mean, if it doesn't pay off, then you can be like, oh, Chris Coquinos is a a friggin' liar. Screw that guy. (laughs) Whatever. The, The point is, is like, Oh, I didn't see what I did there, Damon. Thank you for picking up on that. That was really good. <laughs> good job, me, self five. Nice. Anyways, um, um, <laughs> but but yeah, uh, I feel like I feel like those are kind of the big pieces. Um, and then I guess last but not least, um, oh, actually, two more. Uh, next one is if you have a reel or you have a resume or you have a game or you have or whatever. Don't ever be afraid to reach out to people that are in the industry and be like, hey, I, um, I'm about to tear up because I just saw what my wife posted. Monster. Um, okay. Uh, oh, God damn it. They got me. Um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought, too. Um, Oh God, Mogwai posted something really nice in chat, and now my my eyes are watering. Um, love you, buddy. Uh, and Carson, you too, buddy. I'm like super super glad that that worked out. It, it made me happy. Um, ah, I lost my train of thought. I'm getting flustered now. Woo! You're all good, um, man. <laughs> where was I? Uh, you're talking about. Shit. Well, first we were talking about. Uh, volunteering your time within the yeah you know, the value after that you said you had two more two more points I had, I had two more points but i forgot what they were i got super flustered and now i'm just like blushing a bunch well, i'll tell you what while you're thinking about that i want to touch on a couple of things you said so uh, i also remembered one of them but yeah let's no go, go ahead we'll go for it. it if you got one oh, do it okay send your send your stuff out to people mm. get get advice from people i have people sending me their reels all the time their resumes all the time full cell students people who have no affiliation with any school or any place that I've ever worked. People who just know who I am off of Twitter, 
uh, because they're just, a, you know, they randomly happened upon my page or whatever. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that, Jake, in chat. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so do that. Put yourself out there. And there was one last one, but I can't remember what it was. But when I do remember it, yeah, that'll be the one. Hey, That'll you, be the one that I tell you and you'll be like, that's going to get me the job. You know, <laughs> Dude, when you do think of it, you throw it in there. But yeah, sounds all good. Right. so when you talked about volunteering, so volunteering means you're not making money, right? But that does not mean you're not getting value. And I think yes. that's an important distinction because, and like you said, that value may not be immediate, but there's probably some immediate value that you need to consider that, that makes it, you know, valuable, right? So there, there's yeah. something about that, whether it's connections or whatever, you know, like there's so many things that you get out of just, you know, giving that time away. Uh, outside of, you know, monetary compensation. Dude, you're absolutely right. Like, honestly, like, like, I feel like, I mean, I I couldn't word that any better. I'm like trying to sit here and think about it. Like, it's incredible. This idea of like value is more important than currency or compensation. Yeah. Right. Like I, I, I know that doesn't speak for everyone. People need money because you have to be able to afford to live and stuff. Don't get me wrong. Right. I'm not trying to devalue that. But I do think that that the idea of coming away with the value of friendship or the value of a connection and a network or the value of just being able to to see what this other side of the world is life to or is like to see if it's like maybe all game devs are assholes and you don't want to work in that industry because you just realize that, or maybe they're all wonderful <laughs> people and you just realize that that's the best thing in the world. That is more right. accurate. I have found <laughs> <laughs> game devs are generally pretty cool and accommodating and welcoming people. They really are. They are. And then sometimes they're just like, please don't talk to me. I'm just here to have a beer quietly with one or two friends. Well, there's that and too. That's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. Let them have their, let them have their outside introvert time. That's right. <laughs> Another thing you mentioned was comfort zone. And I'd like to make a distinction here because I think to me, this is a really important distinction. There's comfort zone and there's complacency, right? And and I think it's important to be comfortable, right? Like, because for me, especially like when we're talking about my lights, I'm comfortable with my setup. So I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to think about that. I'm comfortable with it. It's not something I need to worry about. But if I never changed anything, right? Yep. then I'm not growing, right? So I think yeah. there's, there's a big difference between knowing when to, to break out and do something different and knowing when it's okay to like, you know, that's just something I don't have to worry about for now. Like, that's cool, that's 100%. good, thumbs up. 100%, dude, that's a really good way to put that. Yeah, complacency is not always comfortable or uh, comfortability. I think it's like complacency, complacency is being comfort, but being comfortable isn't always complacency, right? Yes, like, I agree. Like, you're, you, you, you worded that perfectly as well. Like, this idea that, you know, for us, when we become okay, so so there's a book that I read, right? That talks about life and challenges, right? Like challenges are what keep us going, mm. right? Like we are born, we are put on this earth for whatever reason you believe in, to do things. I know it's a dumb, silly, stupid, simple way to put things, but that's just. That's just what we do, right? Yeah. And of those things, they have everything we do from getting out of bed to climbing 
freaking Mount Kilimanjaro has a difficulty to it. Yeah. Getting out of bed just happens to be like a, I don't know, a two out of the scale. I won't make it a one because you know, maybe breathing is a one or something. But, <laughs> but when you get too complacent, it's like you're hitting a level cap. It's like you're plateauing. You're like, oh, well, I'm happy with being level 19. Don't really want to climb to level 20 here. Yeah. I don't want to take on any of those things. And I think that we need to like understand and be accepting of the idea that like sometimes shit just be hard, man. It just be yeah. difficult. Yep. And you got to just do the thing, like go out there and I don't know, go, go out and meet someone new today. Maybe that's like your level 20 difficult thing. And, <laughs> getting out of bed's a seven that's that's yeah, okay you know fair point um especially after like a year of pandemic yeah um, there's that but and you know everyone's difficulty is that's, that's actually a good point everyone's scale is different maybe yep. getting out of bed for me is a two but maybe for for katie and chad it's a seven like everyone has their own subset of challenges i'm not trying to be ableist here and be like oh well you know kilimanjaro is you know 100 or bust kind of thing like not everyone's going to be able to do that in life or wants to, right? Like there's different challenges to, yeah. for everyone. I, fucking, you know? I don't want to fucking climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Nope. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Get out of here without me. Who came up with that idea? But anyways, it makes a good, it makes a good point though. But yeah, dude, I think you're absolutely right. Complacency and comfort zone are not the same thing. So, so kind of append that to the thing I said during my random musings 45 minutes ago. That's what I'm going to title this. Uh, whenever I make the podcast is audio design and random musings. Like that, that's, I need to put that in my notes here. Is that there, we have a lot of those tonight and I love them. Typically I'm a little bit more put together when I have like podcast or uh, do um, like panels and stuff. But it's been one of the hell, one of those really weird up and down weeks. Yeah. My brain has just been kind of mushy goo. But dude, the the best thing about this is this is exactly what I want this to be. It's a conversation, oh. right? Like we're learning about each other. We're hanging out. People are getting good information. That's that's literally what this is about, and I love it. And that's why I don't have a, a real structure for this. We just kind of go where it goes. That. It's good. You're a great host, and I really appreciate you letting me just sit here and talk for ever and ever. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that, but honestly, it's been really good stuff all around, so... No complaints on my end, for sure. I appreciate that. Are you ready for the fourth question? This is my favorite question. Have you oh. have you met Kim Alpert? Because she gave me this question, and I love it. Kim? She's uh, she's a, another Hall of Famer. I don't know if you've got a chance to meet her yet, but we should fix that if you have not. Kim Alpert? Uh-huh. Hold on. I, I, I got to look. Uh Oh, no, I have not. But okay. I, I have seen her we'll fix that. picture. Okay, cool. Yeah, we will definitely fix that. Love her. But here's the question. If you were born in 1870, what kind of job or career do you think you would have? Blacksmith. Ooh, why? Mm, because I like banging things around. Okay. Like making sounds, right? Like straight up, like I'm just sitting there and I'm welding and I'm just, here I am. Ding, ding, ding. Just making horseshoes. Ding, ding. Here's a horse. He's got shoes. That's kind of funny to think about not actually wearing like horseshoes, but actual shoes on a horse. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. That's kind of like, I feel like that's what I would. Potassium. Um, 
I feel like uh, I would I would enjoy that life to an All extent. Right. I think that you know the obviously the black lung is a thing. Like that's breathing in all the disgusting fumes from (laughs) (laughs) welding all the time and not wearing masks and stuff. (laughs) But yeah. Oh, Jester said he'd be the town drunk. Uh, That is an option. Uh, The the Barney of the town, right? Like that. I feel like all of those characters, like, like in those shows and like in life, like they exist for a reason. Right. But for some reason they can always get alcohol. Oh yeah. Clearly, clearly they're making money. They're figuring it out. They're gaming the system. I'll, I'll gladly pay you for a hamburger or <laughs> gladly pay you on Tuesday, a Tuesday for a hamburger today. Kind That's of situation. right. Now I'm, I am curious in this day and age, how many people get that reference is oh, literally you. And yeah. Maybe, probably me. Maybe Frank. Yeah. Frank. Yeah. <laughs> I, if it's... anyone else gets that reference, I will buy you a beer the next time I see you and you can't Google it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No Googling. But I'm always curious with something like that uh, because it's, you know, those are things we grew up hearing, you know, and now and then now people don't. So it's it's interesting. Mog uh, buy you a beer. <laughs> uh, I should have said Mog too. He's he's our age or he's my age. Nice. Uh, See, people are like, I recognize it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a that's a bit of a deep cut that one. Yeah. All right. Oh. So. Oh, that, that's my son, by the way, Irish there. Oh, Irish. So Please. let's let's talk a little bit more about about your time at Rooster Teeth because I'm always curious. Like, what? Give me an example of, if you can, a time where you were not sure how you were going to solve a particular problem. Like something was given to you and you're like, Oh my day. God, what are we going to do about this thing? It's every day, man. Yeah. Uh, that's good. That like, that's game development, right? But <laughs> yeah, that's literally every day today. I'm like working on this, this split screen effect thing where like the characters, like imagine like Voltron popping in and I'm trying to come up with a sound for that. And it's hurting my brain thinking about it. Cause I've never done anything <laughs> like that before. Uh, all right, let's see. Obviously something you can talk about, right? No, no, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a pretty open book and most things that I have touched at this point are things that are publicly known. So. Nice. Um Okay, so it was it was I'm going to actually go all the way back. So it was the first thing that I ever mixed. And it was Red versus Blue, season 14, episodes three or four. It was out of order. But it was effectively, it was, it was directed by Kyle Taylor, who is historically one of the Machinima directors. And this is the first episode that I had mixed. And I was supposed to do this whole thing in 5.1. Now, today Chris knows that there are broadcast specifications and how to mix things better. Not the best. I'm not the best mixer in the world, but I know how to do it. Um, and where things live in speakers and so on and so forth. Well, back then, I didn't know any of that stuff, right? So here I am figuring this out, and I am like a, I'm like a freaking like a monkey. You just give me a bunch of buttons and knobs, <laughs> and I'm just like hitting everything. Let's see what this metaphorically. does. Metaphorically. <laughs> 
basically, yeah, I'm in Pro Tools, and I'm like, what does this diffusion knob do? Aha! The voice is now in this speaker. Cool. And I think the voice is supposed to live in the center, but all the left and also left and right. Aha! And I'm going to do this, and I'm going to boop, beep, bop, go all over the place here. Well, I get through the whole thing, and I mix stuff, and I add reverbs, I do whatever, and the director comes, and he's like, hey, um, yeah, that's too much reverb. I don't know what's happening here. Don't know what's happening. He doesn't know any better either, so I can't really rely on him. <laughs> but I, I have to go with what the director's asking for. So this is my first time ever getting a review, and my I'm already offended because the director was just like straight up like dunking on me. Yeah. Um, which is funny. We're, we're board buddies now. Um, and And so I finally finished the mix and I get it into I get it into a meeting um for like the big company review and everyone's like, yo, this thing is very quiet. And I'm like Uh it looked good on my meters. Right. It didn't it didn't look good on my meters. Anyways, the point is is I sat there, I didn't understand how to do this thing. But effectively I was supposed to be getting this thing to a special like a special uh a uh, broadcast specification that was much louder than it was. Right. I wasn't figuring any of these things out. And then, like, months and months and months later, I finally do some reading, and I talk to some people, and they're like, hey, dude, you're doing everything you're doing wrong. <laughs> so I, I go back, and I revisit some of these things, and sure enough, I'm able to remix them before the the disc goes out. But, like, dude, it was just, like, it was, like, a huge, huge mountain for me to climb. Yeah. It was definitely one of those things that was just, like, it was a, it was a tough tough ride. So um, I'm curious though, like what was the environment like when you got that? So that's some pretty significant feedback, right? So was well, that presented well? Was it uh, you know like were you given the opportunity to to fix it? You know what I mean? Like sometimes people just like shit talk you and be like, why didn't you do this better? Stop being an asshole, right? But no, it, I mean the directors would occasionally give feedback like that, but it wasn't really like. So I've never had – okay, it's very seldom that I'll have someone come in, like, because all the directors that I work with are typically internal, mm-hmm. that I'll come in and really, like, step on me. Like, if you come in there and you're trying to step on me now, you know I'm going to fucking kick you out of my office because right. that's what I do. <laughs> but, like, back then, they would come in there and they'd be like, well, I've been here for years and I know how things are supposed to sound and this is what it's supposed to happen. And it's like, cool, tell me what you want, don't know what to do, help me help you kind of thing. Right, right. So there was some fostering. But there was definitely like a, like it always felt like a proving grounds at the beginning. Everyone felt like they were trying to secure the thing that they're doing. And and they knew what they liked and they knew what they wanted. It was successful up till this point. So that must be the right thing to do. Well, you know, we figured out that some of that was right and some of that was wrong. And some things worked and some things didn't. You know, I know that sound isn't really the make or break of a particular project. But at the end of the day it was presented to me in a way that was like, Hey, we realize now you don't really know everything you're doing. Here's some of the things we can offer you as advice for things we like to hear. Nice. Here's a, here's a good relationship we have. Let's keep on keeping on. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's just like, you know, look, I don't think, I don't think the shows we make are perfect, and I don't think the directors think they're perfect, right? The writers, the directors, everyone. you got to look at things as if it's based off of a number, right? 
Yeah. The things we make at the company are effectively just things we're enjoying making, things we like to do. And someone is giving us the money and saying, hey, have fun. Make the thing you want to make. Yeah. Or make the thing, you know, and, and hopefully, hopefully you do it well. And everyone wants to prove that they can do it well. So if everyone wants to prove they're going to do it well and they are kind, good-hearted individuals, regardless of if the show is successful or is super well-received, you will at least be successful in the eyes of your coworkers, that people will want to work with you again. And I think that's like, that's the big deal. Sorry, I got like super on my own, like my own side tangent on that one. No, that's great. I think that's really important. It's it's hard to describe how important it is to have the trust of your coworkers, right? Or at the very least be someone that they are okay working with, you know, and, and how you receive and give feedback is kind of the, the biggest test of if you're going to be someone that people want to work with or not. So that's, that's really important stuff. Yeah, dude, I think it's more important, right? It's more important to me to make a good relationship with people than to just get what I want. Yeah. Right. Like as a whole, you think about, you think about, You think about life as a whole, right? Let's get let's get kind of existential here for a second. You think about being on this planet as a whole, and there are a few things that are consistent, right? Um, but one of those things is is people. No matter where you go, unless you live in the mountains or off on your own, there are people that will be in your life, be it friends or family, acquaintances, your neighbor, whomever. Right. Right. Well, when you see any of those people on a regular basis, you're not exactly going to want to piss them off, right? Like, because if you do, then then those people, they're not going to want to be in your life anymore. They're not going to be a part of that. And so when you think about it on a work level, like <coughs> if you if you work with people that you upset, <laughs> then they're never going to want to work with you. And that's yeah. going to be the number one reason you don't end up getting a job, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Just being someone that's okay to be around is like a bare minimum, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just be, that's like one of our phrases at the company is be nice, work hard. Like, that's it. Yeah. Just be a good person and work hard. But um, Yeah, effort you know, is a big part of that. Like, if people feel like you're trying and at least, you know, attempting to be a part of what we're trying to do as a, as a unit, that, that goes a long way for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you seem thoughtful. I'm, yeah, I'm very, I'm deep in thought right now. The things you, know, you can't say, right? There's, yeah, I'm trying to think of the things I can and can't say on some <laughs> of the things right here. It's just like, you know, I, I, I'll make, I'll make a small mention because Irish, you had some, some things you're, you're talking about in chat here, and I'm trying to think about the best way to to reply to to this because i typically don't like to get into the, the nitty-gritty of this conversation but you know i think as a whole the thing we need to remember especially people in the community is that there's a lot of vitriol out there right in the community pointed towards the people who don't deserve it and it's really unfortunate because when you're a front-facing representative of things like you get well you get shit you get shit on a lot yeah right and i think that in a lot of ways, the thing we need to remember, and I mentioned this, you know, James and I talked about it a bit ago, like 
the thing we need to remember is that like like anything you know we as developers of games and developers of shows and movies and stuff want to take time to put love and care into things but someone is paying the bills and that someone yeah be it you know cd project red or rooster teeth or whomever says you have a finite amount of time to make this thing and we also want it to be the most successful and most popular thing ever released ever in the history of the world because we want to make tons of money <laughs> yeah <laughs> right and so they try to limit the time in which you can do things i'm not pointing fingers at anyone because i don't know who made any of these decisions it's not my place to know but i think what we need to do as individuals be is be mindful as a community for games and for shows out in the open in the public when we're talking in twitch streams or in twitter or wherever about the people who make things because when we sit yes. there and we talk about we talk about these things in a way that's not mindful of the creators who work on things it doesn't benefit anyone yeah right because the c-level execs or the the money makers or whomever they're not the ones polling twitter and and following through those things it's the it's the creators who take those negative impacts they take those 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 comments they get and then they sequester themselves away from social media and make their own private channel so that they can talk with their friends and not have to think about being publicly lambasted for something that they didn't even really want you know to to do because you know their hands were tired or whatever dude so, <laughs> it's it's tough man you know do i think do i think the show is rushed I think certain things were rushed. I think certain seasons might be less good than other seasons. But I'd be damned to say that the show, if I said that the show wasn't a good watch every now and again. Yeah. And this is not coming, I know I'm wearing my, my hat representing the team and everything, but like at the end of the day, like it's not a show that I would watch if I wasn't working there. But, but I'm proud to say that I did work on those episodes of those shows because... I know how much love and care goes into it. Yeah. Regardless of, of how much time or how little time was spent. So that's, that's my, my two pieces on that one. Yeah, man. It's, it's tough. People, every time I see somebody shitting on a game or shitting on part of something creative, my first thought is you probably have no idea what it takes to do this. Yeah. And I can guarantee you that not a single person that worked on this went out and was like, let's make something that's not great. Yeah. Right. Nope. Not a single, <laughs> not person. a single person ever. And, it, and it's, it's just so interesting. Like there's so many things that are outside of our control in, in creative endeavors, especially in games and in, in things like, you know, the video type content that you're doing where we do the best with what we can and what we have. And most people that, that I'm with and have worked with, that's their mentality. They're like, I want to make something great. I want to make every piece of this thing that I'm doing great regardless of the scenario around me but there's still the yeah. scenario around me all the time yeah. that's it man you're right i think you know i mentioned it earlier in that interview that i was in for rooster teeth and i think that this is the mentality i i hope that most people have and i feel like a lot of my friends that work in this industry do have i mean shit when i reached out to frank shuring and i'm like hey are you interested he's like hell yeah brother like i'm all about it like that's a man who knows and i feel like this this fits this fits him as well People just want to make cool shit, man. That's yeah. all I want. Yep. I just want to make cool shit with my friends. Let me do that. And so, 
you know, I think there are people who will go and they'll try to test the limits. People who will try to do something differently. Like, you know, if the jump button is historically on the, you know, the B button and they're like, I want to make it the A button because we're Nintendo, then cool. Like, hey, man, you do you, fam. That's what's up. <laughs> but like... It's a great example. But no one goes out there. No one goes out there and they're like, yo, let's make the next Sonic the Hedgehog game utter complete garbage doo-doo. Like, let's make it a real good game because... We want people to play it. Yeah. We want people to enjoy it, you know? That's what we do. Like, as creatives, like, and the worst part about it is, man, the worst part, and I bet you can feel this, about being this industry, we're sensitive babies, man. Yep. We're creatives. We're putting our asses on the line to make things for people. Hell, even as Twitch streamers, man, you're on camera. Someone rolls up in here and is like, oh, man, fuck all that. That guy has that, you know, that Zelda poster, I hate Zelda or whatever behind him. Like, man, forget it. Like, that's that's gonna ruin your day. I mean, I don't know if it'll ruin your day. We're not that sensitive. But if someone's like, "Yo, you're stupid. You're ugly, and you smell like farts," like, yo, that's that's kind of fucked up. Get out of here. Like, what are you doing? I get fat, ugly, bald guys a lot. So, well, see, that's <laughs> fucked up. That's that's super fucked up. Like, no one no one needs to be like that. But, but you yeah, know, man. the greatest way to 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 show your appreciation of art is to criticize it, right? Yeah, because we need more critics in this world. <laughs> oh man! Like it's crazy. It's crazy, man. It's crazy how, how, how. <laughs> like you'd think Rooms to Go is going out of business with how many armchairs there are out in the world right now, man. <laughs> like they are sold out. <laughs> There's just none, none left, man. It's like, worse than trying to get a video card right now. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! Don't even. I, I got my PS5 finally, but just Jesus nice. Christ. I got super lucky with that one, and yeah. I got one really early on uh, through Target through a pre-order on the uh, on the phone. Cool. So that was right. nice. Oh, really lucky. Smart play. Yeah. No one wants to be on the phone anymore. Yeah, that was the place to do it. For like, if you think about it, pre-orders on the phone are the best way to do it because you can't have a bot on a phone. Like there's the same that doesn't use the same kind of thing. So you'll get through. There's less chance that you'll get like caught by the things that are looking for bots. So I don't know. It's it's funny to think that that you can have bots on the receiving line, but you can't have bots on the sending line. Yeah. There's a limit there. <laughs> oh, man. Holy cow, dude. It is. We're almost out of time already. Holy shit. What happens? That's what happens when you let me drink and talk? What happened? No, that's that's exactly what I was hoping for. So this is good. But there's a couple of things before we do wrap up. There's a couple of questions I have for you. Let's go, man. One is, if people would like to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Um, yeah, man, I'm on Twitter at Chris the Fur T H E F E R. You can follow me there. I'll drop it in the uh, the old uh, the old chat. Awesome. Um, I'll link that in the show notes too. Oh. Yeah, cool. Thank you. And then um, I'm making a return back to Twitch in July. That's the plan. I'm going to be doing some sound design streams. I'm going to be doing some um, getting back into gaming. I got a Pokemon Nuzlocke run I got to finish up at some point, maybe. Um, I actually did, um, excuse me, so every year I do uh, Extra Life uh, charity streams. Yep, me too. Um, oh, rad, man. Um, yeah. I think I'm on year so seven. Yeah. Oh, oh shit, that's rad, dude. It's Kudos, good times. man. That's incredible. That's incredible. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, last year I did a twenty-four hour stream. This year I'll probably do another twelve-hour stream for that. Um, 
uh, which call I owe everybody in that that we we hit a bunch of milestones. We'll be doing a bunch of wild and crazy shit there. Nice. Um, and then if you're a fan and you watch Rooster Teeth content, have a first membership. Tomorrow's episode of Neon Combini, which is our new like minimations type show. It's basically like a bunch of small shorts. Um, my episode comes out tomorrow of Game Over Drinker, where I basically got incredibly drunk and broke down <laughs> the the game <laughs> Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy's Conquest. And then they animated it, which is really funny, <laughs> uh, in the style of RTAA. So that's that's a thing that I've gone back and watched. I'm going to check that um, out because that sounds fascinating to me. And I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll hook you up. I'll hook you up with a, a, first, uh, a first link for that. Nice. For that. Yeah. yeah, that's um, great. You can check on, but uh, and then Grim Campaign, that's a thing. I'm on, man. I'm on a bunch of Rooster content right now. Uh, so check out that. And then RTX is coming up, uh, July 8th to the 17th, and I will unofficially. I'm, I guess the public is hearing it now, but I'm unofficially. I'm gonna be a part of it. I should be. I'm definitely gonna be a part of a couple streams, but I am unofficially hosting the event. Nice. Uh, is it all online? I assume just. It, it is all online. Okay. I won't be hosting the whole thing, but I believe I'll be hosting a little bit of that. So nice. Um, we'll check again, that I out say as well. unofficially because I've only heard to the grapevine that I got the, I got the gig. <laughs> nice. Hey, we'll find out soon, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, but that's it. That's that's where you can find me. And if anybody has any like, if you want to look at my my demo reel, or if you want to check out my website, chriscokinos.com, um, shoot me an email, hit me up. It's, you know. I am always open to have conversations. I may not be the fastest to reply to emails because I'm a little bit on the busy side, but hit me up. I like making friends. Nice. That's awesome, man. So I've, you actually kind of touched on my next question, which is there's anything you want to plug, let us know. Is there anything else? like, Or did you cover everything that it's on your I think I covered docket? everything. <laughs> I, plugged, I plugged and I told you where to find me all at the same time. You did it. You, uh, I did. You've exceeded Thanks. expectations at this point. <laughs> Is, oh man! Yeah, I might have to have another beer after this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes me want to keep recording. So, <laughs> I don't know, Miles Morales is waiting for me in the old living room. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, dude, it's so good. Like, I've been playing a lot of that lately. Well, I was before I jumped into Mass Effect, so I need to get back to it as well. I'm. Do you? You're, are you a big Mass Effect guy? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you played the original oh, like, yeah. releases. It, it um <clears throat> might be my favorite like North American series. Like it was very very, especially the second game is in my top three games of all time. Like it's it's it means a lot to me for sure. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Yeah, Mass Effect I know is a big deal for a lot of people. Yeah, it's it's, it's super it's cool. Good. I mean, I played the I only played the first one and then some of the second one. <clears throat> um. Where you find out who I think I want to say I'm not going to spoil anything, but you find out who I think it's Archangel, is, I think that's their name in the in the second game. Oh my gosh! Now now I don't remember. It's uh, it's also been uh, like 15 years. So <laughs> okay, well, it, I'm not going to say anything else. Well, no, it's funny because I like I played through the first game and most of it, like you know, I have memories of, but playing through them, like I, it's like new content to me, and I love that. So f me getting to play something again after a few years, like I'm out of sight, out of mind. I'll kind of remember the vibe and the feel and and certain things, but man, like I, I love that I can re-experience things like that. So 
It's good. Yeah, dude. That's the best part about getting old is we forget shit <laughs> all, so, all the time. <laughs> and the more the the older we get, the more shit we forget. <clears throat> the more times we can play The Witcher three and not finish there it. There you go. Yeah, that first <laughs> that first two hours has been good three times. And then I just <laughs> <laughs> it's been real good. I kill my first like few monsters, go to my first town. We're done. Let's yep, move on. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Get Roach stuck on top of a house or something. <laughs> whatever. It's cool. I don't know why. I really don't. I, I need to I need to try it again. At some point I'll do a fourth time and then we'll see how that goes. But well, I, don't know. I, I will be there when that happens. If nice. you scream it, I will I will watch and I will play at the same time. We'll see. We'll, we'll speed run, see who gets further. My streams are like two hours, so I'll I'll get through that two hours again and then <laughs> I won't play anymore. <laughs> It's not one of the worst things about streams. Sometimes it's like for me, like after two hours, I'm just drained. I yeah. can't, I can't go anymore. But I'm sitting here like, I, I can't play games I want to play on stream anymore because I want to keep playing them. Yeah. But my, I'm just so like, dunzo after two hours. I'm with you. That's oh. why my streams now are mostly this and then a community night where we can just hang out, play something like Jackbox, and hang and chill and have fun. Like that's. That's kind of my two things that I feel really good about because anything else, it's really hard to absorb the content and be on and talk to people. You know, it's, it's tough. It's, it's hard to do it that way. I think, uh, oh, uh, Jake asked a question, uh, best in an amount tank. The answer is tank. I started playing a Ven a vengeance demon hunter, uh, in wow. And it's incredible. That's my answer. You're I a tank player. That, dude, like, oh dude, I, I love being a, uh, I, I, <laughs> I am I am not good at being a tank. I played a mage for like 10 years, but I started playing a, a DH like three months ago, and I will never go back. Double oh. jump. I wish more games had double jump so I could just do that everywhere. Hmm. I wish real life had double jump. I think if if you asked me like, hey, Chris, <laughs> you could have one mediocre superpower, I would immediately say double jump. Well, then you could dunk. Right, and that's the dream for all of us no, short on. white guys. Hold on. I'm just saying. Hold on, you're giving me too much credit. I don't have that much verticality. My double jump wouldn't be that good. I'd be Are mediocre. you sure? Double. I mean, double your jump height. Come on. I would maybe be able to hit the rim. All right. All right. I would maybe be able to. <laughs> you giving me so much credit, Jameson. You must have forgotten how short I am. Uh, you I'm told five, me you're five six. Uh, five, Five six. Oh yeah. yeah, I did say. I guess I did. When did I tell you that? You have a good memory. You said it in the show. <laughs> you said it earlier. I don't remember Dude, why. But I've been. I I for some reason like to offer up weird, nonsensical, <laughs> unnecessary facts. Oh, you said you were reason. a foot shorter than Barley. That's what it was. I said he was six six. That's what it was. Okay. Wow. That was. At good. least it was contextual. You know. I will, I, you know, actually, I probably will remember that because of the context, but that's the kind of thing that a month from now, generally, I'll be like, I don't, I don't know how tall you are. Why would I know how tall you are? Like, a month from now, you're going to forget, you're going to forget, like, <laughs> the most important thing, but you're going to be like, but you know what? That Chris Kokinos is five foot six. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. That's how my mind works. So much stuff in here that I don't really need. And I can't remember things like how to do CPR, you know, like it's, it, and I've taken two classes. Oh I, I've gone through it twice and I bet I couldn't do it. So that, that's actually also a Patton Oswalt joke. So you should, uh, if you haven't seen any of his stand up, he, he's got some good stuff. 
I haven't, but he seems like the kind of guy who I would probably enjoy his stand-up. I believe so. Very good. I think it's Talking for Clapping, I think, is the one that's in on Netflix. Check it out. <laughs> I got to go watch Bo Burnham's Inside so I could be mildly Dude, for a little bit. Dude, have you seen it at all yet? No, is it good? Okay. I've, I've watched right. the one song, the uh, a little bit of everything all the time. Okay. Um, very I, good. I need to prepare you for this because I'm a big Bo Burnham fan. I have been for several years. Um, if you, have you seen anything of his before? Um, yes, but I can't remember. Okay, that's it fine. Very well. He's very, he's a lot of music. Like he does a lot of songs, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. But for this one, it's, um, he did it alone during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of, it's very uncomfortable. It's very, uh, it, it hits you, man. Like it, it brings back a lot of feelings from like, March, April, May of last year, when we were just like really like, oh, we're in a lockdown. Oh, we're like, you know, like that, that vibe. And then also you're laughing. It's, it's one of the, the coolest <laughs> things. I love stand up comedy. Like we watch it a lot. But That's this awesome. one is, it's difficult and hilarious and very thought provoking and also shows how great he is at what he does. It's, it's yeah, very I cool. Heard. I heard he did like music and like the style of like a ton of different artists. Yep. And it was just like that. I, I actually, I bullet journal every morning or I try to, uh, to kind of clear the fog out of my mind. To put everything on paper. Does that um, bullet journal, does that just mean like just random lines of thoughts? Um, yeah. Bullet journaling can kind of mean everything and anything to anyone who, you know, really wants to, to diary and journal, but effectively like the format, I won't be able to, I don't, I don't think you'll be able to tell super well, but like, like I have a, a goal setting page. It's not really easy to see, but on the goal setting page, it's like, I need to read more. I need to, you know, oh. go visit my grandparents, this, that other thing. Like, and then I actually have full breakdowns of like, like on this side, it's like, here's February and this is every day of the month. And then next to that, again, it's really, really hard to see. I don't know if I, even if I bring it closer, but there's like a number oh, se- okay. sequence of numbers here and they all correlate to the things I have to do with my like personal life. Like, Oh, Oh, I've got someone's birthday. Julian's birthday. That's Mogwai. Uh was on this day and I'll write it over here. And then one more page. I actually have like my diary. Like, no, I'm not going to show you that. Because that's <laughs> you show but the point is, is in there, I write down in the morning, I'll meditate and then I'll bullet journal all the stuff that's in my brain, my stupid, dumb fog brain in the morning and I'll write it down. <laughs> and one thing that I quoted this morning, because I, I just can't get the concept out of my head is being connected to the internet and a little bit of everything all of the time is like literally it. Like I will, you know, be in the restroom and I'll be like going through my phone and I'll open Twitter, I'll close Twitter and then I'll forget what I was doing and open Twitter again. Like yeah. I'm always needing to be connected and it's just like. I get so, that, man. So when I, <laughs> when I do that, and maybe this is helpful for perhaps anyone. Oh, it's Charlie time. Maybe it's helpful for anyone here, but like. Your your attention has been required. Yeah. Um, but every time I get like distracted by something, I typically just say to myself, a little bit of everything all of the time, and then I put that thing away. Mm. And it's been massively helpful. So I'm absolutely looking forward to watching the rest of his his stand up. Nice. Yeah, check it yeah. out, man. It's uh I, I think I, I actually I want to talk to you after you see it, because uh, I think it'll be a fun conversation. Good time. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Getting love. All right, dude, we have gone over time. I'm not going to take any more of your time tonight. 
but yeah dude thank you so much for having me no, i next thank time you. i want to i want to have you on my stream yeah so then i could just ask you a bunch of questions and let you talk forever because yeah you were so kind and you didn't interrupt <laughs> me ever and you should have just been like chris back on track no man but... there you went perfectly on track this is exactly how it should have gone and i love it so it's good That's but yeah man i'm happy to come on anytime you let me know yeah i mean i've never done a talk show but you know there's always a first time for everything you might find you love it oh no, i know i do dangerous <laughs> so dangerous all right man i'm gonna jump off here and say my goodbyes i super appreciate you doing this it's been great i'm actually looking forward to going back and re-listening to some of this because there's some really good stuff in there and i appreciate it man yeah dude thank you again so much for having me you have a wonderful wonderful evening and and you know to your to your stream y'all jameson is a great dude be sure to stick around i know he's got all sorts of fun delightful things coming up for the future i appreciate that man yeah bud all right we'll talk to you soon later buddy bye Thank you for listening. And don't forget, you can join us live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv forward slash Jameson Doral. Every Tuesday, I'll have a new podcast episode ready for you. Be sure to follow me on all of my social media using the links in the show notes and join the Dev Team Discord to be a part of the conversation anytime. We'll see you soon.